Okay, boys and girls, it's now time for Treks in Sci-Fi with the star of the show, the Geek Meister himself, Rico. Hello, everyone. This is Rico, yes, and this is Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly geeky podcast about Star Trek sci-fi collectibles and all kinds of fun like that. Uh, Today is podcast 170, and uh, we will be uh, discussing the Voyager episode Tuvix, which I'm going to do a, I think I'm going to do a full episode commentary on that. I'm going to play the episode and comment as it goes. So that'll be coming up a little bit in the show. Got a neat new collectible to talk about later on. Some news, a little bit of uh, Star Trek movie news. Some reports from uh, the recent Grand Slam convention out in California and all kinds of fun. So uh, let's get to it. You're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Mr. Kim, we're Starfleet officers. I'm receiving a transmission through the sensor network. Origin, the Alpha Quadrant. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. Your knowledge of this technology is most impressive. Well, thanks a lot uh, to Rob in Orlando. He sent in that very cool uh, remixed uh, version of the Voyager theme with some audio from the from the series in it. Uh, kind of get us in the mood to do a uh, Star Trek Voyager episode. Thanks a lot for that, Rob. Uh, really excellent work on that. And always uh, looking for more intros and musical things and yeah, just anything to enhance uh, the fun and the podcast. Uh, send them on into treksf at gmail.com. Rico has the best sci-fi and Star Trek information on the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Well, it's a bright and early Sunday morning here in Michigan as I record this. I got up about, uh, I don't know, 6.30 this morning with the dog, and it's about 8.30 now. I got a shower and had a couple of waffles, so uh, got my Gatorade. Uh, What do we got? What flavor? Haven't talked about that in a while. What do we got here today? Let's see. Oh, this is lemon lime, one of my favorite uh, Gatorade flavors sort of yellow kind of 
glowing uh, <laughs> color that it has. So uh, we're all set to do a podcast a little, uh, kind of a little nasally, I feel like, today. So I'm not sure. I was outside doing some work in the yard yesterday. That stuff doesn't usually bother me, but the weather is getting uh, more spring-like here and changing. So uh, who knows? But uh, hopefully my voice will be fine for the show. Uh, as we go through some Star Trek news about the movie, got a cool uh, little clip here to play for you here, here in a minute. Uh, it uh, was done uh, by E! Online. They talked to uh, Zachary Quinto and Leonard Nimoy last weekend at the uh, Grand Slam convention out in California. I'll play that for you for a minute, er, in a minute. Uh, uh, so they have a few things to say about the movie uh, and a couple other questions they are uh, answering in the interview. It's pretty fun. I, I, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, but uh, let's talk about some other uh, related uh, Star Trek announcements. One thing uh, that I saw that was pretty cool is uh, Diamond Select... Uh, slash Art Asylum. I guess they're sort of a joint company. I'm not really sure how that all works. Anyway, they have been putting out, uh, Diamond Select has been putting out this new, uh, or these prop replicas of the original landing uh, series, original landing party uh, from the original series. Anyway, the tricorder phaser and communicator they've been doing in a sort of a, a, a toy slash replica form, usually in the you know $30-ish range or so. Uh, they did the phaser. They've done a few versions of that. A very nice piece comes apart uh, to show you uh, phaser one that sits on top of the phaser two. Uh, for the fans out there, I'm sure you guys are familiar with this. They did a white handle version, a gold handled version. Uh, really great uh, phaser for the money for around $25 or so. And then just recently, they did the uh, original series communicator uh, that has phrases. I talked about that on a, on a show uh, a few weeks back. Really excellent piece. It has a, a, a spinning dial in the center. The more, I think, is the right way to say it, <laughs> along with lights and sounds and audio clips. A, a great item. Pick that up. still available. Uh, check entertainmentearth.com. Lots of other places are selling it as well. Not sure if these are in the stores, uh, at least that I, I haven't been to like a Toys R Us in a long time, so I'm not sure about that. But they are also now doing uh, the uh, original uh, series Tricorder. Now, there are some pictures up online. I'll try to put some uh, links in the podcast notes this week to this piece. It's uh, the suggested retail price is $39.99, which, it, you know, it's a little higher than the others, but that makes sense. This is a lot more complicated of a piece. Now, let me read a little bit about what this is supposed to do. It's, it's due out this October. You can pre-order it, I think, already at, like, Entertainment Earth. Uh, it has, uh, let's see, what does it say? Detailed toy featuring sound and lighting effects from the show, removable scanner, uh, and uh, just a great look to this item. I mean, it really looks excellent. It's a, it's a typical uh, uh, looking uh, uh, original series tricorder, uh, blue screen, the buttons are all there. Uh, I'm not sure if the little moray thing moves in the middle on this one or not. I'll have to look more into that uh, but it really looks uh, like a great item, and uh, it's nice that they're doing all these at a reasonable price for people to use at like conventions and costuming, so you don't have to drag along like a you know a three or four hundred dollar master replicas uh, prop replica of this item to uh, to carry around with you and worry about it a lot. So uh, kudos to these guys for doing this. Great stuff, guys. And uh, now uh, let's get into that uh, interview. This is, again, Zachary Quinto and Leonard Nimoy discussing uh, the new Star Trek film at uh, last week's Grand Slam convention. 
So we're here at the Grand Slam Sci-Fi Summit, and I'm sitting down with uh, a man who's not new to conventions, Leonard Nimoy, and a man who's brand new to conventions, Zachary Quinto. Welcome yeah. to the show. Good. Are you prepared for this? Do you know what you're getting? I know you guys talk, and he's giving you a heads up. Well, the this... first thing that Leonard ever said to me when I very first met him was, you have no idea what you're in for. And so I feel like Actually, I've said, be... I've said, do you have any idea what you're getting into? That's right. That's Same right. thing. Yeah, virtually. <laughs> Different syntax. But I feel like I couldn't be in a better spot than having him right next to me for it. So I feel like I'm ready for whatever they throw at us, right? He still doesn't know what he's going to answer. Now, you guys have rap shooting, right? Shooting's done already. We're done, yeah. For, for the film. Yeah. So what was it like seeing a younger version of yourself? It's Same. great. It's great. He's, he's, uh, he's... The first thing they asked me to, to do was look at some film on Zachary, which I did, and I immediately saw the resemblance, and that made a lot of sense. But much more important was that I got a, I understood very quickly this is a very good actor. Um, who is the better looking Spock? <laughs> I'm the older question. looking Spock. I can tell you I'm the older looking Spock. That's no question about that. I win that one. Who easily. is the better looking Spock? <laughs> I mean there's no contest really. You can't I mean, oh, my. you're shaming me here. I mean now Oh on. my it's embarrassing really what it is. I heard that Tom Cruise is a big fan of yours, Leonard. And I know he's been on the set a couple times. Well, okay, first question. Is Tom Cruise in the movie? Uh, not that I know of. What's your next question? <laughs> Will the old school fans love this movie? This movie is the resurrection of Star Trek. Uh, and I, I, I mean that very sincerely. I think that Star Trek has kind of uh, drifted along and maybe meandered and kind of lost its way somewhat in the last few years. And I think this picture is going to put it back on track. I think, I think it's going to revive interest in in the uh, in the, the entire franchise, the Star Trek story, the Star Trek idea. And I think above all that um, it's going to be a very exciting movie. But I think the biggest, and you know, this is I, more so on the corporate side. But how do you bring new fans in? You utilize the many talents of the people that are working on the film to mm -hmm. infuse it with a different kind of energy and rhythm, and uh, it's going to be really unexpected. So I think that uh, young people who might have only preconceived notions of what Star Trek was or what Star Trek is are going to be uh, sort of blastingly surprised. Well, thank you so much. Great. It's an honor Great. and a pleasure to... Great uh, talking to you. Thank you. Well, so there you have uh, a little bit of a uh, interview with uh, Leonard Nimoy and Zachary Quinto at uh, last weekend's Grand Slam Creation Convention in L.A., uh, or the L.A. area, I should say. I don't think it's in L.A. proper. Uh, I think it's out in uh, uh, Burbank or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it was a good uh, little little chat with them. Didn't say a lot. Uh, there was thing you didn't really hear it in the audio, but when he asked him the Tom Cruise question, both Leonard Nimoy and Zachary Quinto looked at each other and sort of grinned and smiled. And there have been some new reports that uh, Tom Cruise might have uh, snuck in a little cameo. And, you know, I know there's a lot of Tom Cruise, well, let's say people who aren't really uh, fans of his out there. But I think that, you know, anything like that I think would be okay. I I'm okay with a quick little cameo. I know there was talk, uh, you know, months and months ago about him even having a, a bigger part in the movie perhaps. Uh but I don't think that's going to be the take the you know take place. But I could see him popping up, you know, maybe having a line even or two, and I don't see that as being a problem at all. And I can see it only being sort of positive. And he and J.J. Abrams are pretty good friends from working on Mission Impossible, so I think that's a pretty fair possibility, especially the way these two guys kind of grinned at each other when they asked the question. So we'll have to wait and see. About a year to go till we 
get the answer on that, although who knows, we may know sooner. Those kind of things are going to be hard to keep under wraps that for that length of time, I think. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. There's been also some talk to uh, in interviews with J.J. Abrams in the last week or so. There's always this constant uh, uh, verbiage and con- you know content and discussion coming from everyone working on the movie and saying how much it's going to please both the old school fans like I you know consider myself and and bring in a new audience and and I really I really am starting to uh, be excited by that and believe it because I think these guys really know what they're doing I think they realize they can't just go totally keep the movie the way it is or keep uh, the characters and everything the way it was 40 years ago they have to update some things to a degree and I think they can selectively do that and still have a great movie, something that will appeal to uh, Star Trek fans. Uh, even if you've never seen an episode of Star Trek, you know they're trying to make the movie that you know will be exciting and action-packed and a lot of fun for those too. So I'm geeked. I just wish uh, I didn't have to wait a whole year for it. Hi, I'm Kenny, and I'm a Trekaholic. Hi, Hi Kenny. I do this RPG game on the Treks and Sci-Fi forum. It's really cool. I get to play a different character and explore the Star Trek universe. And even better than that, I'm the captain. Cool. Oh, the wow. That's, that's I still awesome. Think it's hard. Live better. long and prosper. I need your help. We need more people to help write. It's really fun. You should check it out. Oh, yeah. It's treksandsci-fi.com. I go there way too often. It's on the forums. That's right. And we just got our new ship, the USS Arabella. It's an intrepid class, too. And we're heading out to the Beta Quadrant to explore the unknown. Cool. Wow. That's awesome. So if you're addicted to Star Trek like I am, come join me on the Chucks and Sci-Fi role-playing game. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. We're here for you, man. Do we get any cakes now? Yes. uh, If you'd like to do a little creative uh, Trek writing, uh, we are just into about a week of Season 7 of the Trek RPG going on in the Treks and Sci-Fi forums just go to treksandsci-fi.com click on the forums link sign up and register there and uh, just get started and send a message to uh, either star trek fanatic 5 who is kenny on the forums or to jen who you heard both of them in that uh, little promo they'd be happy to give you uh, some pointers and how to get started uh, i've been noticing in the last few days uh, we've been getting lots of guests on the forums people drop by i guess peek around you know, I guess they call them lurkers a little bit. Yesterday, I noticed there were like 50 guests at one time uh, checking out the uh, Treks and Sci-Fi forum. So if you're somebody who listens to the podcast and haven't really ever tried out or uh, joined the forum or, or anything like that, I, I highly uh, suggest and urge that you do. Got a really great group of people there, so check it out. When you're not listening to Treks and Sci-Fi and our friend Rico... Please listen to the Anomaly Podcast. You can find us online at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Yeah, and another great uh, geeky podcast that's uh, also now on iTunes. Check out Anomaly Podcast with our friends Jen and Angela. Uh, Do a discussion about a lot of different Geek Subjects, Battlestar Galactica, Ren Fairs, and all kinds of fun like that. So check them out on iTunes uh, or just go to AnomalyPodcast.com. Okay, I'm checking out the time here, and I did want to talk uh, more about some other subjects. Battlestar Galactica continues to fracking rock. 
Uh, third episode now has aired of season four. I'm not going to talk a lot because uh, i got to get into the Two Vix episode, uh, but uh, great show. I also just recently finished up uh, watching the whole second season, or at least the last episode. I've been watching it as it's been airing on BBC America of Torchwood. Uh, really excellent season. This uh, They really rocked also. And if you aren't watching that show, uh, I urge you to do it. And the new Doctor Who, the new season, at least for us in the States, we're getting it a little later than the uh, the BBC and the people in the U.K., I uh, just started up on the Sci-Fi Channel, and I finally watched, uh, even though I've had it uh, downloaded for a long time, finally watched that pilot uh, Christmas episode where the, the Titanic in space one, which was a lot of fun, I thought. So uh, lots of good sci-fi. Oh, Smallville also, I have to say, has, has really stepped up and uh, really started to cook, uh, like I like to call it, this season. Uh, they had a big showdown between Lex and Clark. Uh, I'm a big fan of that show. I've watched it uh, since it began, and I've continued to stick with it. So uh, also enjoying Smallville. So all kinds of cool stuff on uh, on television to see these days, finally again after uh, all the writer strike problems and everything like that. So let's move on, though, and uh, I'm just going to get right into the episode here. So next up, I'll start playing Tuvix and comment as we go. So here we go with uh, Voyager. Captain's log, stardate 49655.2. Our sensors have located a variety of flour which may prove to be a valuable nutritional supplement. I've sent Mr. Neelix and Mr. Tuvok to collect samples. Whoa! Smell that air, Mr. Vulcan! Look at that sky! Oh, it's an exhilarating day, isn't it? As you well know by now, Mr. Neelix, I do not experience exhilaration. Oh, let's not quibble about semantics. A breeze is blowing, the sun is shining, it's beautiful. Put two weather uh, is certainly adequate for uh, our characters purposes. together is always a cool adequate. thing. You know something? I always like how Neelix calls uh, Tuvok more Mr. Vulcan. Than usual this morning. I am who I am, Mr. Neelix. It is impossible for me to be more or less like myself. There you go with the semantics again. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. I'm afraid I don't. Tim well, Ross is Tuvok, and Ethan Phillips as Neelix. Uh, you're some a great lover, uh, casting, great I appreciate uh, actors nature. for these yes. roles. Wait, it's one of the things that you and I have in common. And here we are on a perfect day, foraging for an exceptionally lovely variety of orchid, your favorite flower. And all you can say about the experience is that it's adequate. And I just, I don't see why you're not having fun. We are not here to have fun. We are here to collect samples. Why, is, is there some regulation that says we can't do both at the same time? I know. Why don't, why don't we sing a song while we toil? Hmm? Uh, it'll cheer you up. Now, I've been studying Vulcan music. Uh, do, do you know that lovely tune that starts... Oh, starless night of boundless black. That lovely tune is a traditional funeral dirge. I know. But it was the uh, <clears throat> the most cheerful song I could find in the Vulcan database. Come on, Tuvok, join me. Oh, starless night of boundless black. <laughs> Mr. Neelix. Yes? Do you think you could possibly behave a little less like yourself? <laughs> 
like that. Are Neelix and Tuvok back from the surface? Not yet. We're having some trouble with the transporter. Captain, there's a minor glitch in the molecular imaging scanners. Ensign Kim should have it up and running in a few minutes. I think it's going to be a little more than a minor glitch. Try narrowing just, the annular Just having a little uh, guess here. How's that? Let's try it again. Well, another reason Kim to join the uh, forums is Sorry uh, for the delay. I've been putting We're up in Flash form these episodes before I review them, and Tuvix is up currently on the forum Energize. if you would like to view it in Flash form. Something wrong, sir. I'm only getting one pattern. Tuvok or Neelix. I don't think it's either of them. Abort. It's too late. Okay, a little uh, information and background about this episode of Voyager. This uh, took place in Voyager's second season, towards the end, one of the later episodes uh, of Voyager, like I said, uh, the second season. It is, let's see, the story is by Andrew Shepard Price and Mark Gaberman, uh, teleplay by Kenneth Biller, directed by Cliff Boyle, who did uh, quite a few Voyager-directed uh, episodes We've got the uh, usual opening credits here. I think I've probably said uh, a few times before, but uh, the opening credits of Voyager, I, I, it was probably one of my favorite set of credits for any of the series. Uh, I just like the whole look of it, the, the, the way it's about kind of exploration and, and going to all these different worlds and Voyager kind of flying by them. Really well done. And, of course, the, the theme song, Jerry Goldsmith, again, uh, great job here, uh, it's amazing how well he can create just a, kind of a totally different new Star Trek uh, theme, even, you know, a lot different than what he did for, um, well, the motion picture at first and then what was later used on TNG. Now, I'd like to say uh, the the main uh, guest actor here playing Tuvix uh, is an actor, and he does a great job in this episode. The name of the actor is Tom Wright. Uh, he's also got a lot of makeup on to make him look like this blending here of the two characters. But we'll go through and talk about that more as the episode uh, continues. So here we are into, uh, I guess that was the prologue or teaser, now Act Security. 1. Intruder Alert Transporter Room 1. Identify yourself. I'm Lieutenant Tuvok. And I'm Neelix. Sir, according to the bio scanners, he's right. Somehow their patterns have merged. I think the logical thing is for me to go to sickbay. And you recognize all of us? Of course. Doctor, Captain Janeway, Ensign Kim, Kess. My scans indicate that all biological matter was merged on a molecular level. Proteins, enzymes, DNA sequences. The man you see before you is literally a fusion of two men. But he's surprisingly healthy considering the circumstances. All vital signs are stable. What's the last thing you remember? I, we, that is to say, Tuvok and Nilix. We had just finished gathering the samples. We're beaming back to the ship. The next thing I knew, 
I was standing on the transporter pad, as you see me now. I'm also picking up traces of a third genetic pattern. It appears to be plant-based. The orchids. We had collected several dozen samples of orchids. They were in our sample containers. When I really we like up. his uh, his voice. No, he has a really interesting voice, now. and it sounds a lot like you'd expect from sort of a blending of these Tora two said you characters. Were trouble with uh, the really interesting. Scanners. That's right. Maybe this alien plant life affected the scanners in some way. Possibly. I'll know more after we've run a diagnostic on the biofilters and transporter logs. Get on it. In the meantime, a great job with I'll the, send an uh, away team in a shuttlecraft to collect sort of fresh samples of the orchid. Merge Tuvok Neelix outfit on. Doctor, let me know as soon as you have something more. Yes, Captain. Kiss, take our patient to the science lab and perform a full biospectral analysis. I'll start examining the genetic data. Of course, Kess being very close to Neelix is having uh, probably the most trouble with this situation. She's uh, pretty uh, distraught looking there. She doesn't really know what to do uh, and how to deal with them. So, uh, and that's a big focus of this episode, of course. This situation must be very difficult for you, Kess. Perhaps it would be easier if someone else administered these tests. Thank you for your concern, but I'll be fine. The scan is very delicate, so try to remain still for the next 20 minutes. I'll do my best. Don't worry, we're going to figure it out. Oh, I'm not worried. I couldn't be in better hands. This crew, your consummate professionals. You're my friends, my family. So worrying would be illogical, don't you think? Would you mind if I asked you some questions about what you're going through? Not at all. Well, do you feel as if you're thinking with two minds, two separate minds? Are Neelix and Tuvok inside of you? Talking to me, talking to each other? If you mean am I suffering from some form of multiple personality disorder, I don't think so. I do have the memories of both men, but I seem to have a single consciousness. You must find me very odd, Kiss. No, of course not. Try to keep still. So, what should I call you? Ah, a name. I hadn't thought of that. What an intriguing question. I can see why the doctor's finding it so difficult to choose one. A name can have a significant effect upon a person's sense of identity. I've got it. What? Why don't you call me Nivok? Wait. This is better. How about Tuvix? Tuvix it is. I'm so glad you're here to help me through this, sweeting. I'm sorry. It was instinct. Why don't we finish the scan? Yeah, that was a little tricky there. Of course, Chief they're, Medical uh, Officer's very log supplement. Like I said earlier, extensive microcellular scans on the merged humanoid have thus far yielded no clues to either a cause or a method of separation. Ah, Captain, so good of you to come. How are you feeling? 
I feel well. I really like you his makeup, too, say, the way they did it with the ears and, and the hair like, yeah. and, and just the face and everything. Really well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. looks exactly like you'd expect hours, something if they merged Tuvok and Neelix to together uh, uh, for, uh, for a character and here. I've really interesting. And prodded in organs that I didn't even know I had. While all this testing may no doubt be necessary, frankly, I'm restless. To tell you the truth... We could use a little help in the mess hall. And I'd be glad to give you a hand. But after careful consideration, I've decided that the most sensible thing for me to do is to resume the tactical post. Tactical? Remember, Captain, I do possess Tuvok's knowledge and expertise. And while I have no doubt that the crew misses Neelix's cooking, you need your most experienced tactical officer. That's me. If I may, Captain. And he even did a little raised Mr. eyebrow Tubix. thing there Tubix? with, uh, like, and a Tuvox. what he likes to be called. Mr. Tuvix is indeed in perfect health. And since I've collected all the data I need, there's no reason I can't continue my investigation without him for the time being. And according to my tests, he's quite correct when he says that he possesses Tuvok's knowledge and expertise. He also possesses Tuvok's irritating sense of intellectual superiority and Neelix's annoying ebullience. <laughs> I would be very grateful to you if you would assign him some duty. Ah, the doctor, great Any character duty. on Voyager. Somewhere else. Now he gives, uh, he gives two Vix gives the doctor a well, little bit of a hug there. Mister, two Vix. I'm not ready to assign you to the bridge just yet, but why don't you join the senior staff for our noon briefing, and we'll see how it goes from there. Captain. Has anyone ever told you that you are as fair-minded as you are lovely? As a matter of fact, Neelix has told me that occasionally. And if you really do possess his memories, you'd know that flattery will get you nowhere. The transporter was functioning normally. Biofilters, pattern buffers, everything checked out. What about the problem with the molecular imaging scanners? According to the transporter logs, they were optimal at the time of transport. It was a perfectly routine beam-out sequence. No anomalies, no power overloads, no malfunctions. Our scans of the planet's surface and atmosphere don't show anything out of the ordinary. There's no evidence well, of any type of Well, except these weird plants, guys. Come on. Frankly, Captain, you know. we're at a loss. And the orchids, Kiss. Have you found anything unusual about them? Commander Chicote brought back a few samples on the shuttle, and I ran a biochemical analysis. They contain the same elements as many plants, chloroplast, lysosomal enzymes, cytoplasmic proteins, but there's nothing unusual. There's never been an accident like this recorded in the entire history of transporter technology. I'm not willing to accept it as a random malfunction. Captain, I recommend we program a holodeck simulation. Try recreating the accident. Six. I beg your pardon. What I mean to say is, and I apologize for cutting you off, Commander, I think we're on the wrong track. Kiss, you said that the flowers you examined contained lysosomal enzymes. That's right. According to Tuvok's botanical research, the presence of lysosomal enzymes could be evidence of symbiogenesis. Symbiogenesis? Symbiogenesis is a rare reproductive process. Instead of pollination or mating... Symbiogenetic organisms merge with a second species. And Dorian amoeba, for instance. They're able to merge with other single-celled organisms to form a third unique species. A hybrid. Like you. Exactly. 
It's an interesting idea. But we're talking about microcellular organisms here. I've never heard of symbiogenesis occurring in a species as complex as a humanoid. Actually, Captain, when you think about it, Neelix and Tuvok were broken down to a microcellular level during transport. DNA, protein, all in a state of molecular flux. And if the enzymes that cause symbiogenesis interacted with their DNA while they were in the matter stream, it might have caused their patterns to merge. Like an Andorian amoeba. Just like that, Tuvix is born. It's the best theory I've heard so far. It's the only theory I've heard so far. And it's worth investigating. See here, uh, Mr. you're Paris, learning a little bit about the planet and collect additional flowers to Tuvok. Yes, ma'am. This but I'd recommend in, waiting until morning. And, the weather on the planet could get pretty nasty like that. And biology. Very well. You'll depart at six hundred hours. Neelix as well. Neelix is interested in those kinds of things. He's Good a work, chef. He, he likes plant life and cooking and things. So he, they both have interests here that help them sort of discern what's going on a little bit about them. And this episode thing, is, you know, the big interest thing, thing going on with this is this character is is really Kiss. unique and not. Uh, oh, he's a little bit of Neelix and a little bit of Tuvok, hello? but he is still his own person. Do you need something? Oh, actually, I was wondering if you'd like to join me for dinner. Well, I, uh... You've already eaten. Well, no. You're not hungry. Actually... If memory serves me, Wednesday's the day that Neelix always cooked trelly and crepes. Your favorite meal? That's right. Well, why break with tradition just because of a little transporter accident? <laughs> Somebody's eggs are burning. Those are mine. Can you flip them for me? I can't find a spatula. Try tossing them. Uh, why don't you have a seat? I'll be with you in a minute. And now the uh, you mind telling me what's going here on here, in the, the galley area is like a complete mess and disaster, of course, since uh, Neelix isn't around. I see. All right. Everybody out. On whose authority? Chief of security or head chef? Take your pick. Out, out. So you really enjoyed the crepes? Ah, oh, they were absolutely delicious. Don't you think Neelix always made them a little too spicy? These were a little different than usual. Did you change the recipe? Oh, only slightly. I thought more moderate seasoning would allow the flavor of the mushrooms to come through. I love the mushrooms. Oh, I'm glad. I can't believe how disorganized this galley was. It's a wonder Neelix ever found anything. Oh, well, he says he has a system. But I guess you already know that. I admire your strength, Kes. Why do you say that? I know I'm not Neelix, but I can posit with complete certainty that if the situation were reversed, if suddenly he found himself without you in his life, he'd be absolutely lost. I have to go. Thanks again for doing. Yeah, the uh, she's pretty uncomfortable with this. Uh, they he kind of grabbed and, and held onto her hand there for a second. She got kind of scared and and took off. And it, it's difficult. She's pretty young and and it's overwhelming. Good morning, you can Captain. See. Commander. You're here bright and early, Lieutenant. Actually, I've been here since over hundred hours. I wanted to work on that proximity detector glitch in the security subroutine. And how's it going? I managed to correct it. 
Tuvok said it could take up to 10 days to check out all the possible problems. How'd you fix it so fast? I had a hunch. A hunch? That's correct. You'll have a report on your desk first thing this afternoon. Now Give he's in Tuvix. his, uh, Tuvix you know, here? typical, uh, start the transporter test Starfleet like uniform us. again. I'm on, on my bridge. way. Excuse me, Captain. And he's slowly, you know, becoming pretty, uh, invaluable. You know, oh. it's, it's sort of he's the certainly fitting two in, heads better than one situation. The whole is never greater than the sum of its parts. I think Tuvix might be disproving that notion. Now we're back down on the planet. Uh, Paris is down there. The flowers from the and Torres collecting some more samples. One prize-winning chrysanthemum. One garden-variety clematis. And last but not least... One symbiogenetic alien orchid. I never thought that botanical science class would come in so handy. Taurus to transporter room one. We're ready down here. Acknowledged. Energizing. So they're mixing these three plants together, putting them in a little container, and, and transporting them up to Voyager. We've made over 100 attempts to reverse the symbiogenesis using the medical transporter. And each time, this has been the unfortunate result. Complete cellular collapse. The genetic codes of the chrysanthemum and the clematis are so scrambled that the targeting scanners can't recognize the original patterns. I suppose it would be like trying to extract the flour, eggs, and water after you'd baked the cake. Obviously, in the case of Mr. Tubix, yep, good, we're dealing uh, with a much good more analogy, complex organism. Yeah, so they're not really getting very far with separating fact, we're the talking three about out again. Recreating two humanoid life forms without so much as a single discrete strand of DNA to start with. Are you saying I'm going to be this way forever? I am an incredibly skilled doctor, and I will continue to pursue a safe <laughs> and modest. He's definitely modest here, but but I won't lie to you. I'm not optimistic. It could take months, even years, to find a solution. And we must face the possibility that this condition is simply untreatable. I feel as though I've lost two patients. I'm sorry. I'll inform the rest of the crew. That seems a little odd to me. I mean, what's to inform them? I mean, they're gonna—they're not really saying they're gonna stop working on it, uh, and, and they're not really giving up. It's like if somebody was missing in action or lost, you know, like Voyagers lost in space. It's—I I guess you inform them of what's going on, but come in. It's not like they're dead. I hope I'm not disturbing you. It's all right. Kess is trying to do some sort of uh, um, a little meditation please. here, and sit down. Tuvix comes in. Ocomp and prayer tapers for Tuvok and Nilix? <laughs> it's funny. If something happened to Tuvok, if Nilix were here, he'd be the first person to comfort me. And if I lost Nilix, Tuvok would be the first person to guide me spiritually. Now I don't have either of them. You have me, Cass. Yeah, she's um, that's a good, a good point there, an important. But I remind you of what you've lost. 
She's probably closest to both of these, uh, even to uh, Tuvok as well. So, uh, and I'm trying to accept who I am now. Obviously, the most difficult thing she's Captain had to Janeway go through. Captain tells me there's a place for me on this ship, but I can't help feeling like, like some sort of imposter. Maybe we can help each other get through this. That's what I've been hoping. I know this is going to sound very strange to you. Perhaps even illogical. Since in a way we've only known each other a few days. But I want you to know. I love you, Kes. But I hardly know you. And, and besides, what about... What about Tuvok's wife, for one thing? He was completely devoted to her. What happens when Voyager gets back home? Are you just going to forget her? I could never forget Tapel. I carry Tuvok's love for her inside me, and I would never ask you to forget Neelix. How can you talk this way? It's because pretty uh, complicated I situation. I carry Neelix's love for you inside me as well, and I always will. You heard the doctor. It could be years before he finds a way to bring Tuvok and Neelix back, if ever. For you, that might be a lifetime. Yeah, remember Kess is this uh, creature, or creature, not, that's not the right word. Uh, she's this Please being God. that has a very accelerated lifespan. The Okamba now controlled uh, my emotions. very, very short, uh, and it's even shorter for really her in, in say, Voyager as the time goes on. said, I'll be here for you if you need me. So he gives her a little kiss on the cheek and then leaves, and... Uh, She's uh, she's having a hard time still again with this now that they, especially since they don't know if they're gonna, if ever, be able to bring uh, Tuvok and Neelix back separately. Now it's the next day. She's uh, yes. at Captain. Captain's uh, quarters. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have bothered you this late. I'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. Actually, oh, I'm sorry. I was having trouble sleeping. The evening. I could use some company. Get to see uh, Captain Janeway here like with her hair down in this scene. Please sit you down. You know, like a pink bathrobe and, uh... I was just looking over some old letters Tuvok sent me when he was temporarily assigned to Jupiter Station. Most people would say his writing is cold, analytical, detached, but... I've always found it to be concise, efficient. Thoughtful. I hear his voice when I read the words. Then Neelix. Still seems a little odd to so me, even though they say it could take years or whatever. They, these people are the people that come up I with solutions to, to impossible problems. He came to For see them to have to, like, sort of oh. quickly sign these people off. He said, just he said seems that he a little bit me. out of character to a degree. I suppose I can see how that's possible, given the circumstances. I wasn't sure what to say. At first, I was angry. But I know how he's trying to comfort me, and I know that he feels alone, too. To tell the truth, he's a wonderful person. Do you have feelings for him, too, Guess? No, I don't. I mean, how could I? I still love Neelix. And I'm not ready to give up on him, no matter what the doctor says. Good. Good for you, Cass. I know how you feel. 
You're experiencing what people on this crew have been going through since we first got stranded in this quadrant. Do we accept that we're separated from our loved ones forever? Or do we hold on to the hope that someday we'll be with them again? What do you do, Captain? Oh, I struggle with it every day. Sometimes I'm full of hope and optimism. Other times, <clears throat> I dream about being with Mark. And it's so real. And when I wake up and realize it's just a dream, I'm terribly discouraged. In those moments, it's impossible to deny just how far away he really is. And, uh, I know that someday I may have to accept that he's not part of my life anymore. So are you saying that I should just accept that Neelix isn't a part of my life anymore? I would never tell you or anyone else to give up hope, Cass. I think the best thing you can do now is give yourself time. Thank you, Captain. It's a good scene there. You get to see Janeway. I'll uh, go now. Kind of let her sleep. hair down, both uh, literally and, and, you know, figuratively. She's like... My door is always open to you, Kiss. She doesn't talk about her feelings very often, and uh, here you get to hear talk about her... Uh, it wasn't her husband, this mark that she left behind... But you know, it's it's it, it's good stuff. They they really you know it shows you can't give up Captain's hope. Captain's law. Eventually, you might, you might have to, do just to go 4. on and move forward. It's been two weeks since the transporter accident that created Mr. Tuvix, and while it's still not entirely clear that he's with us permanently, he's certainly been doing his best to settle in. The crew seems to be growing accustomed to his presence, and he's proving to be a very able tactical officer who isn't afraid to express his opinions. While he's forging relationships with many of the officers, he seems to be keeping a respectful distance from Kes, allowing her to adjust to the circumstances on her own terms. As for my relationship with Tuvix, I've found him to be an able advisor who skillfully uses humor to make his points. And although I feel a bit guilty saying it, his cooking is better than Neelix's. My taste buds are definitely happy to have him around. curious and wondering about when I watched this episode about if um, here we have Harry playing uh, his, uh, what is that, a sax I guess? I'm not a musical uh, instrument expert but Sickbay um, Ensign Kim, please turn to your emergency medical holographic channel <laughs> He's interrupted but what I was going to say is, I wonder if they, uh, when they created this story, how many of the characters they were thinking how can of I help you, Doc? fusing I together like this. I found a radioisotope that could selectively attach itself to specific DNA sequences. Could the surgical transporters be reprogrammed to lock onto those enhanced sequences and separate them from the remaining DNA? Well, I think so, but we'd have to modify the molecular imaging scanners and find a way to compensate for the higher levels of radiation. Thank you, Ensign. Wait a second. What's going on? 
It's pure speculation at this point. I'll let you know when I've learned more. This is about Tuvix, isn't it? I'm on my way. Anyway, I was saying the, um, you know, when they did this episode, they, they basically fused two people that, that probably uh, were the most opposite and, and maybe the most, Corner pocket. you know, lacking in certain areas. You know, you had Tuvok, the very logical Vulcan, suppressed his emotions and all of that, very good officer, but not instinctive, again, you know, couldn't make these leaps We've that Tuvix is able to do. And Neelix, the Best other way, very boisterous and full of life and emotional but you know not not somewhat sensible and logical when he needed to be so they you know again blending these two characters you know kind of gave you the best of Would both you worlds this just later, like uh, that not episode of tng best of both worlds the borg grabbing picard and using him against uh, the you know enterprise and federation Hi. and all that so now they're in their little uh, French, uh, you know, holodeck simulation, the pool hall, and place in. Uh, How have you been? Kess is uh, sitting down and talking to Tuvix. You? Me too. Listen, I'm sorry I've been so distant lately. Kess, you don't owe me an explanation. I've been doing a lot of thinking. And I'm hoping that we can be friends. I would like that very much. (laughs) And I'd like our friendship to grow. You would? Yes. But it's going to take time. I'm not going anywhere. Doctor to Lieutenant Tuvix. Tuvix here. Please report to sickbay immediately. Until late in the 21st century, physicians administered barium to patients with certain gastrointestinal disorders. The radioactive properties of the barium made the lining of the intestines visible with a primitive imaging technology called X-rays. Instead of barium, we've come up with a radioisotope that attaches itself to the DNA of one of the merged species, but not the other. Then we simply beam out the selected DNA and segregate the two merged species. You see these? They used to be a single merged flower. And you can use the same process? It will require a more detailed reprogramming of the transporter. But yes, I believe we can restore Mr. Tubak and Mr. Neelix. That's wonderful. Isn't that wonderful? I assure you, Mr. Tubix, there's nothing to worry about. We've accounted for every variable. Except one. I don't want to die. Ah, now we get to the uh, you know classic Star Trek moral dilemma of the episode. They've created this new being. Uh, it's you know, funny. Accidentally. But if we'd had the ability to separate Tuvok and Neelix the moment Tuvix came aboard, I wouldn't have hesitated. Of course not. But now, in the past few weeks, he's begun to make a life for himself on this ship. He's taken on responsibilities, made friends. I count myself as one of them. So at what point did he become an individual and not a transporter accident? Sticky situation here. Come in. And this is, again, what Star Trek does best and has always done best. You know, they try to face these kinds of questions and issues. Please, You know, sensibly, logically, intelligently. 
uh, rather than just, you know, guns I feel as though I've or... been dragged in front of the Numerian Inquisition. Will you excuse us, Commander? And, you know, I think Voyager and Janeway has a lot of times has to face these kinds of choices being alone. We've way just out been there, discussing the unfortunate, you know, in the Delta Quadrant predicament that we're all facing. And I thought it was important to get your perspective before making a decision. Are you suggesting that this is your decision to make? I am the captain of this ship. Begging your pardon, Captain. It's my life, isn't it my decision? Aren't there two other lives to consider here? What about Tuvok and Neelix? Two voices that we can't hear right now. As captain, I must be their voice. And I believe they would want to live. But they are living, in a way, inside me. It's not the same. And I think you'd agree with me. They have families, friends, people who love them and miss them and want them back, just as I do. But restoring their lives means sacrificing mine. Captain, what you're considering is an execution. An execution, like they used to do to murderers centuries ago. And I've committed no crime at all. Aren't you arguing for an execution, too? Of Tuvok and Neelix? I'm here, alive. Unfortunate as it may be, they're gone. And I have an opportunity to bring them back. Don't you think that I care about Tuvok and Neelix? Of course I do. Without them, I wouldn't exist. In a way, I think of them as my parents. I feel like I know them intimately. Then you know Tuvok was a man who would gladly give his life to save another. And I believe the same was true of Neelix. You're right, Captain. That is the Starfleet way. And I know there'll be some people who will call me a coward because I didn't sacrifice myself willingly. Believe me, I've thought of that. But I have the will to live of two men. Look at me, Captain. When I'm happy, I laugh. When I'm sad, I cry. When I stub my toe, I yell out in pain. I'm flesh and blood. And I have the right to live. Yeah, good, tricky stuff here, and uh, it's handled again, I think, very well. It's it's a difficult situation, but I, you know, I have to say personally, me at least, I agree with Jane White. Kiss. This is not the way things were meant to be. It was I an accident, and it needs to be fixed. I've just come from the captain, and she's thinking about forcing me to go through with the separation. If anybody can make a difference, Kess, it's you. She'll listen to you. We've helped each other through this, and I know that you care about what happens to me. Please. Kess, you may be my only hope. The thing, too, being only a couple of weeks that has gone by... Come in. I just, you know, it doesn't seem like it should be that hard of a decision, really. Captain... Tuvix has asked me to speak to you on his behalf. 
But I can't. He shouldn't have put you in the middle of this. But I am in the middle. I have been since the moment of the accident. I don't know how to say goodbye to Neil and to Bach. I know this sounds horrible. And I feel so guilty for saying it. And Tuvix doesn't deserve to die. But I want Neelix back. <laughs> You're excused, Ensign. Mr. Paris, what is our present speed? Warp 6.5. I'd like to conduct a field test of the aft sensor array. Please, slow to impulse. Commander. Until the captain makes a decision, Mr. Tuvix is still the tactical officer. This is a pretty strong episode and uh, pretty good uh, use of everyone, too, on the... Uh, Mr. Tuvix. The crew. I'd like to speak to you alone. Can I assume that you've come to a decision, Captain? I have. I think we all should hear what you have to say. Please come with me, Mr. Tuvix. I'm ordering you to come with me. Security to the bridge. Commander, you gotta stand by and do nothing while she commits murder. What? Mr. Ayala! Yes. Lieutenant Paris. One little catch here, I just Doesn't don't... anyone see that this is wrong? One little catch here, that if, the, if he truly has Tuvok and Neelix both really memories and inside him, two weeks of new experiences just seem to... Yeah. They, they push all that aside so much that I'm having a little bit of a hard time understanding that part of it. You know, Tuvok was probably more loyal... Let him go. ...closer to Janeway than anyone, and... He, he would really not fight this. Each of you. And Neelix also. This he's is going to have to live with this. Respected Janeway a lot, but. And I'm sorry for that. I think if they had said like for three months had gone good, by, I'd have been okay or more good time. Good people. My colleagues. My friends. I forgive you. He's being uh, now a uh, security escort off the bridge. Commander Chicote, advise the doctor we're on our way to sick bay. But I don't know. You know, I'd be curious what other people Day think. Five. People on the forums, you know, post some things about this podcast and episode. And, um, 
you know, write in if you are not on the forums. Just interesting, you know. He just seems to fight it a little more than I, I think would have made sense, although that's really what makes the episode more interesting and makes it so difficult for them. If he just sorry, gone along Captain, with it, it wouldn't be... But much. I cannot perform the surgical separation. I am a physician, and a physician must do no harm. I will not take Mr. Tuvik's life against his will. Very well, Doctor. Please step aside. that's a you know a good point there too the doctor can't do this i assume this is the radioisotope even though by by not doing it he's effectively, sit down on this bio bed effect, effectively killing tuvok and neelix too so so janeway is taking the uh this little uh inoculation that she's gonna have to give him so they can split him apart again Funny that the doctor just now, you know, feels that way, even though he was working so long. Locking surgical targeting scanners onto the isotope probe. Initiating separation sequence. Energizing. I hope she has, you know, has knows what to do. transporter way they did, did that too. Mr. Tuvok. Mr. Neelix. It's good to have you back. Some good, uh, looks from Janeway there as she exited the uh, sick bay area. So there you have it, Tuvix. A very powerful, uh, good, late second season episode of Star Trek Voyager. The thing that I couldn't recall, and I guess they didn't ever explore that I can remember, is... Let me turn this music down a little. Did uh, did they remember? Did Tuvok and Neelix? Did they recall what happened to them as when they were Tuv or Tuvix? I'm getting all these names mixed up. Sorry. You know, basically the last couple of weeks as Tuvix after they were split back apart. Did they know what happened to them, or did they think um, it had just you know they'd gone through the transporter? I think it kind of looks like they did know what happened uh, to them as Tuvix, uh, but they don't really explore that, and I think that's kind of a missed. Uh, missed opportunity a little bit you know i think it would have been interesting for them to explore a little bit more have another couple of minutes after uh they were split apart again what they thought about the situation and and maybe there would have been a little bit of like well you did what you had to do captain janeway and they would have kind of made her feel a little bit better but you know that kind of could have lessened the impact of what she had to do also so interesting you know voyager had a tendency a little bit sometimes to do that which was always 
difficult for me at times. They, you know, the last you'd get to the last four or five minutes of the episode, and everything would kind of get quickly wrapped up, and then they would move on. And I always thought that the pacing and and they could have ended episodes uh, or paced them a little bit more differently and had a little bit more of a wrap up uh, and and talk about what they kind of have just gone through to a degree because they don't really talk about it in later episodes. You know, each episode are except some that kind of ran together in two parters in that they didn't. Uh, and a lot of things don't really translate or transfer over from episode to episode. Anyway, but don't take any of that as wrong. I I, I still think it's a great episode. Tuvix. And we've got a few uh, listener uh, comments today about the episode. First one, Kenny and his comments about this episode. Hey Rico, it's Kenny from California. I also do the Ready Room microcast for the Trucks and Sci-Fi RPG game. Since you were reviewing another Voyager episode, of course I had to give you my two cents, since Voyager is one of my favorite of the Star Trek series. The episode Tuvix is one of the best of the series. Star Trek has never been afraid to tackle morality, ethical, or social issues, and this is a really good example of that. Voyager creates a new life form, but it's at the cost of losing two beloved crewmen. I found it very interesting on how each character grieved for the loss of the two characters, even though they truly weren't gone because they were combined into one character. You really felt bad for Tuvix because he was technically still Neelix and Tuvok. He had all the memories and emotions, but... In people's eyes, he was someone totally different. And of course, the meat of the story is when they find out that they can actually reverse the process and bring back Neelix and Tuvok. But of course, that would mean that they would have to kill Tuvix, which a lot of the crew have grown to really appreciate and really like. So it was a really cool dilemma to see the captain struggle with. As viewers, of course, we knew that they weren't going to kill off Neelix or Tuvok, but still, I think there was really, really good tension there, not knowing if the captain was going to actually do it. And in the end, the captain is the one that actually kills Tuvix and brings back Tuvok and Neelix. The actor they got to portray Tuvix was just unbelievable. Very charismatic, very likable. You instantly fall in love with this character. Um, so it made it even that much harder when they had to kill him and bring back Tuvok and Neelix. And I really love Kate Mulgrew, Captain Janeway, and I think she really stepped up to the plate with this one, uh, showing how difficult of a decision it was being captain and having to make that decision to actually kill somebody to save two other people. Uh, A very difficult decision, and I think they did a really good job at uh, portraying it on screen. So, uh, another excellent episode of Voyager. And I'm so glad you're reviewing it, Rico, and I hope you have a great day. Thanks. Well, thanks, Kenny, for your comments. Uh, Yeah, I agree. It's a very powerful episode. Again, Star Trek doing what it does best, tackling such a tough issue in Janeway. Uh, Kate Mulgrew, like you said, uh, really uh, showing a lot in this episode. Just just a really good episode. And it's great that this is, uh, you know, an early one in Voyager. You know, a lot of the Star Trek series take a while to get going, and Voyager, I think, kind of took off a little bit even sooner uh, with some real powerful good episodes here, this one being just in the second season. So thanks a lot for your comments, Kenny. I know you're a big Voyager fan, so thanks for sending those in. Uh, Next, we have uh, another father and son review. The Moyers are up and their uh, take on Tuvix. So here we go with them. Hi, this is Rick. And this is Nathan. And this is is the the father and and son review. review. Well, today we're excited, Rico, that you are reviewing Voyager's episode Tuvix. 
And we prepared a special song that we wrote together, and um, we were going we're gonna to play it for you in a minute. But really quickly, Nathan, what did you think about this episode of Voyager? I think it sums it up quite nicely in the song. You think so? Yeah. Okay, so let's give it stars, and then we'll just play the song. So how many stars do you give to Vix? 3.75. Really? I'm going to give it a 4.5 because I really liked the episode. It was really fun. It was. Okay, so why don't you introduce the song? Just the two of us on The Father and Son Review. I see the planet and its flowers And all of the medicinal powers As Tuvok and I trade bards again So beaming up we have sometimes One together body and minds All of a sudden I'm in you Just the two of us We can make this spaceship fly Just the two of us Just the two of us Merge together as one guy Just the two of us You and I So we have to pick a name But it isn't a fun game Cause Neelix and Tuvok just don't jive So we try some just for kicks We come up with the name Tuvix Together our minds are sharp so far just the two of us We can make this spaceship fly Just the two of us Just the two of us Just the two of us With a sparkle in our eye Just the two of us You and I She starts to fall in love However, she can't let go of The fact that Tuvok has a wife And in the mess hall, by and large Tuvix rescues and takes charge Making better food than Neelix ever did Janeway uses the hypospray The isotopes come into play Neelix and Tuvok are their own guys just the two of us We can make this spaceship fly Just the two of us Just the two of us Just the two of us We used to be a flower and two guys Just the two of us You and I Just the two of us We can make this spaceship fly Just the two of us Just the two of us just the two of us We can make this spaceship fly Just the two of us You and I Great job again, guys. Oh, that's just so cool. <laughs> and you always pick such an appropriate little tune to uh, to work into these episodes. Great. Thanks a lot, uh, Nathan and Rick, for your singing talents and your review and take on Tuvix. Uh, great stuff, guys. Hope you keep those coming. 
I just love sci-fi collectibles. Here's Rico now with the latest in cool props and toys. Okay, very quickly, uh, I've got a, a new uh, prop replica set that I got uh, a couple weeks back, uh, maybe three or four now, uh, that I wanted to discuss on this week's uh, podcast. I'm going to go through this pretty quickly since uh, the show is running, uh, as it has been lately, fairly long, but uh, I think you guys still enjoy it. I haven't really ever heard any complaints about time length on the, on the podcast. Actually, most people say, go longer, go longer, Rico. <laughs> anyway, uh, what I'm going to talk about today, this is from, um, it's a replica prop set from the TV show uh, Space 1999, which I have talked about and, and I did a whole podcast, I believe, on this uh, series not that long back. So anyway, this is a replica set of the Comlock and Stun uh, slash Kill Gun uh, that uh, they used on the series in both uh, Season 1 and Season 2. This is... Uh, the set is by a company called Iconic Replicas Limited. Uh, they're fairly new, uh, but uh, they're putting out some pretty neat uh, replicas and props and think and items from uh, Space 1999 and other properties. And this set is um, a one-to-one scale of both of these items. Uh, for those familiar with Space 1999, uh, you'll know what these are. The Comlock was a little device that they used to you know, uh, talk to each other like a communicator. It also would open doors and had a few other functions in that. Uh, It is uh, a nice piece. It is uh, a very accurate replica, I think, of that uh, Comlock. It has all the numbers and detail. The best way to look at these, again, is pictures. I'll put some in the podcast notes and in the collectible gallery. Uh, But they did a nice job with this. It's mostly plastic with a few little metal bits on it, too. Uh, but uh, and it doesn't function or do anything like that. No sounds or lights or anything. Uh, you know, it has a little view screen on it where you would see the different characters when they would talk to each other. A little video display would show them. Unlike on Star Trek, where they always talk to each other almost like on a, a cell phone with no visual uh, image or anything like that. But so the Comlock, and then the other piece that you get in this set is the uh, the stun. The, the basically their version of the phaser. It could be set to stun or kill, and there is a little slide switch on the slide switch on the top that lets you change the setting on that. And it comes with a nice little acrylic uh, display case. It was a thousand units in the set. Uh, these are still available. I think there's a site called Fab Gear and a couple of others. I, I got these from actually. Uh, there was a pretty good deal going on a uh, one of the four other another forum that I belong to, which I belong to way too many, <laughs> but one that more specializes in Jerry Anderson uh, properties, Space 1999, and other things that he worked on, like the Thunderbirds and that. So. Again, this is uh, it is the stun gun and comlock. According to the box, it says Commander Koenigs, which there's a little uh, picture of him on the side of the comlock. Each one of these comlocks was identified for the individual. So this one is, I guess, Commander Koenigs, who was played by Martin Landau on the show. It is his uh, comlock. Uh, the stun guns are pretty universal. They kind of always look like staple guns to me, sort of in a way, the stun gun shape in that. But I thought they had a pretty good pretty good uh prop for the show that they used and something that looked fairly practical both items so anyway there you go and look for some pictures up in the gallery and in the podcast notes for this week well folks that's just about going to wrap things up for uh, this week's episode of uh treks in sci-fi i hope you enjoyed it uh, please check out the website treks go over and check out the forums the galleries all kinds of cool stuff. Check out the uh, Star Trek Daily Pick. Uh, that's been going pretty well. People are enjoying that. And uh, I update that each day with a new random uh, and somewhat selective uh, picture from the Star Trek uh, universe of images out there 
online and from the various TV series and films and animated and replicas, all kinds of fun stuff there. Oh, I also wanted to mention for everyone uh, that ordered and is interested, the uh, bulk T-shirt order has been placed. That was placed uh, early last week after the uh, deadline of April 15th uh, went the, the bulk order is in. They said it's going to take a couple, two, three weeks to get those to me. And then once I get them, I will mail them to those that ordered. Again, thanks to everyone that ordered a T-shirt. You'll be getting those in a few weeks. So uh, tune in next week. We'll do another podcast, uh, probably Star Trek episode. Again, I will announce that on, uh, I usually put it in the podcast notes lately at the end. Also on the main website in the upper right-hand corner, you will see that uh, what I'll be talking about next week. And, and if you feel like commenting, send me an email. Or you can always call the voicemail, 206-666-127. And I, I think that should wrap it up. So, again, everyone, enjoy the week. I will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye for now. For more information on Treks and Sci-Fi, visit the Treks and Sci-Fi website at www.treksinsci-fi.com. This has been a Rico Dodge production.